You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Uh, Three and a half weeks from the 2021 NFL Draft, your latest Locked On Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show at Lockdown Browns. Follow back. DMs are open. You guys all know that. Anyway, you guys and gals want to reach, connect ideas for the show, go ahead. Feel free to reach out. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next purchase at BuiltBar.com. Joining me this evening from Sports Illustrated, a uh, good friend, my buddy, uh, Mr. Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore. We're going to get to some things here today, uh, your NFL news of the day. We will get to, we like to do this segment, and we'll probably do it one more time closer to the draft. We like to do the, let's pray the AFC North teams other than Cleveland don't draft these guys. We have some listener questions. Um, whether or not a certain linebacker from Tulsa will end up in those listener questions. We'll see how that works out. Uh, we'll start with this one, Pete. Um, the NFL, single digits, the Kansas City Chiefs proposed it. Peter King says he thinks there's a good chance they'll get the 24 votes necessary. Look, for me, Pete, this is one of the things I absolutely love about high school football. I absolutely love about college football. And I love that that's the end of the line. Um, as everybody knows, I am a jersey number guy. Um, I know people by their jersey numbers. I can tell you a vast majority of the entire NFL by their jersey number. It's just a thing. It's a sick memory thing I have as far as seeing the number, seeing the name, and remembering. But I'm okay with it not going any further after college. Pete, I'm still not over wide receivers wearing numbers in the teens. And most of that obviously happened due to, you know, players, numbers getting retired, this, that, and the other thing. But, I mean, let's keep it to quarterbacks and specialists because the thing is you're going to open the floodgates, and the next thing you know it's going to look like college where you got kickers wearing 92, and it just becomes an absolute mayhem. Um, Yeah, I, I think it – I don't know why why it does. Uh, maybe it's just the tradition of it, but it does look sort of um, amateurish to wear. Or it looks like a movie, like you know, because in the movies, like the, you know, it's pro football, but no, they're not wearing the numbers that are supposed to be assigned to them. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan. I, I I'd rather. I, I don't have a problem with the receivers in the teens. I, I do like the fact that they at least have a double digit number. Uh, I don't love the idea of single-digit receivers for some reason. That stands out to me as being weird. Um, so I, I like the way it is right now. I'm curious to see how much of a factor it will actually have. Um, I imagine well, yeah, it'll probably have will have a lot of sevens and ones. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll get used to it. But yeah, it just stand it does stand out to me as weird as skill position guys not being double digits. So. That's that's the one that sort of stands out to me as being weird. I just, I mean, I'm sure player. And the other thing, though, that's actually confusing me here, though, is wasn't there like some sort of penalty 
for players changing jersey numbers, you know, due to the amount of jerseys that were, you know, made for pre-sale as far as sending them to the public. And the other thing is, is, you know, look, I'm not a jersey guy. Pete's not a jersey guy anymore. Um, but what about these people who just shelled out, you know, maybe $100 last year for uh, a Grant Delpa jersey or, you know, any other player in the league? You know, I mean, these things aren't cheap. People shell out a lot of money for these things. And now all of a sudden it's essentially obsolete. I mean, I don't know. Look, I mean, if we're talking about things that could be fixed within the NFL, and if you're going to say, oh, well, we'll agree to letting them have single digits to you know, mask a bunch of the other stuff. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm sorry. That dog won't hunt, so to speak. Uh, what's a trade in the NFL today? Um, the Jets, obviously, this has been a long time coming. Uh, Joe Douglas held out for as long as he possibly could. Um, the return for the 2021 NFL draft, a six-round pick, isn't that great? Uh, a number two in 2022, also a number four in 2022, giving the Jets seven overall picks in 21 and 22 in the first two rounds. Pete, I'll say I I don't think anybody – look, I mean, Josh Allen, we kind of know where he is. Obviously, we know where Lamar Jackson is, Baker, Mayfield, uh, <clears throat> Josh Rosen, not so much. But after three years in the league, Pete, I don't think – He's the ultimate incomplete in Sam Darnold. We never got to see enough of him due to injuries, whatever. Um, the situation was terrible. There were times where he looked really good. There were times where he looked really bad. 23 years old, going to a great situation in Carolina, going to a great coach in Matt Rule, going to a fam uh, familiar face with Robbie Anderson down there, a running back in Christian McCaffrey, and a franchise who went very heavy, defensively last year in the draft, probably going to flip the script and go very uh, heavy offensively. This could work out very well for Carolina. This could also probably work out very well for Sam Darnold. Well, um, the, the first thing is Joe, Joe uh, Douglas continues to be good at maximizing uh, assets for trades. I, I like the return they got on this. Um, they get a sixth round this year and then a second and a fourth in 2022, which is pretty ideal. I think that's where you want those picks to be, especially if you're the Jets, because you do have uh, a, a good, enough picks for this year that are high. Um, for, for a player that Joe Douglas had no involvement in getting, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty satisfied with presumably Zach Wilson as their quarterback. So with seemingly no market, they managed to get a lot. Um, so that impresses me. Um, the second thing that jumps out at me is the fact that Carolina was the team that was supposedly trying to move up in the draft and a team that was trying to move for Deshaun Watson. And neither of those things are happening. Um, Deshaun Watson is sort of radioactive at the moment, and that's probably not heading in a positive direction for him, and it's going to take a while. But uh, this – signals their the end of their efforts to move up so rather than getting shut out from either of those they bring in Sam Darnold I don't know um, how good that will work out for him or them but I'm interested to see where this goes I am glad that the Steelers didn't do this um, I feel like I am 
uncertain whether it's wise to try to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater immediately. I, you know, part of me doesn't think Sam Darnold needs to run right back out there and play. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I assume he's going to play because they, they they've already picked up his option, but they, 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 I guess theoretically they've given themselves some leeway on that front. Um, they do have some weapons. Uh, they can still help their line a little bit more. Uh, they've got a more stable coaching environment because presumably Matt rule is going to be there a very long time given the contract he's on. So that part of it is interesting. Maybe that works out But I mean, Sam Darnold has a ton of talent. Uh, it has been a disaster that only the Jets seemingly could be capable of. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm rooting for him. He's still 23 years old. So if he disappeared from the NFL and just sat on the bench for two years, he would be all of 25. Uh, so the, it's – Writing him off, I think, is a mistake. Guaranteeing success is is you know a big risk. So I mean, the it, it's the, the Panthers are giving up real assets to acquire him. Uh, it's not like they're going all in, but if it doesn't work, they they are losing out on something. So you know, it's sort of precarious for them. Could work. Um, the NFC South presumably will be much worse outside of Tampa. Uh, so maybe they think they can try to squeeze in, p- perhaps make a wild card run. I don't know how realistic that is, but you know you've got you know DJ Moore, who I love. You've got Christian McCaffrey, who's a night you know a great all around player, and and sort of a guy that can you know take catches uh, out of the backfield and do some of those things, which should hopefully help prevent Sam Darnold from turning the ball over, which is all he really, really needs to do right this second. And maybe he can sort of, you know, have that successful second stint with the Panthers. Uh, It's, it's a prudent move in the sense that they aren't, you know, totally pushing all their chips in while getting a shot. And they theoretically could still, uh, you know, make a big run at a quarterback more likely next year uh, if they don't like where this is going. But it's weird. The only thing that really stands out with the Panthers is how much money they've sort of spent on quarterbacks that aren't going to be, you know, that aren't part of their plans. And if Sam Darnold doesn't work, that that's, you know, another, I think like close to $15 million next year that uh, would be sort of wasted in addition to the 60 some million dollars that they're giving Teddy Bridgewater. And Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater former teammates at one point with the New York Jets. Um, look, Sam Darnold needed a fresh start. Um, he's obviously going to get it. How much of an opportunity he's going to get in Carolina. Um, I don't know if it's going to take that much to beat out Teddy Bridgewater. Um, really opens things up for where the Panthers are going to go at number eight. Um, for me, you know, I, I see offensive line. You know, I see more defense. Go get another receiver. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have a fantastic playmaker in DJ Moore. Get a little bit more for your offense and then go from there. Uh, We are going to get to next. um, We do this, like I said, we do this every draft season and we'll probably do it again closer to the draft. Um, Players we do not want to see end up in either Pittsburgh, Cincinnati or Baltimore as well. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on the latest Locked on Browns. Just because football season has ended does not mean your appetite for sports wagering needs to end as well. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we at Locked On trust. 
betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. March Madness coming to an end this evening. But you still have the NBA. You still have the NHL, NASCAR, NFL draft pop, uh, NFL draft prop bets, and of course, Major League Baseball is back, and it's officially back today because the Mets are playing. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get involved on all the action. Use promo code Locked On for your, to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. I guess we'll start in reverse order. Cincinnati Bengals currently holding, I guess it is the fifth selection. People trying to now find a way to knock Penny Sewell. Um, Perhaps they are, will be in the uh, Jamar Chase landing spot. It's a great spot to be in for the Cincinnati Bengals, Pete. But who are we looking and, you know, most likely, I mean, most most importantly, who do we not want the Bengals to select at five overall? I don't want to see them take Penny Sewell. Um, I, think, I, I think it would be a crime to take uh, Jamar Chase over him if, if the Falcons do something weird like take a quarterback and they could take Kyle Pitts, you know, more power to him. Um, but then I then I would say go ahead you know if you love him take him um, I think you can get Penny Sewell uh, inc- improve the left side of your offensive line potentially move Jonah Williams to either right tackle or left guard because uh, you signed Riley Reef in the off season and just get better across the board um, you have a you know, a division where you play Miles Garrett and TJ Watt twice a year, and you've already had one, um, you know, one major leg injury to, to Joe Burrow. Um, I, I'm not afraid of the Bengals if they're not protecting Joe Burrow. I am afraid of him being able to sit back in the pocket and just pick apart a defense. Um, and that's sort of what Sewell can potentially offer. And it is to the fact he's ridiculously strong. Um, a nine foot one broad jump, a basically a five one forty at three hundred thirty one pounds is stupid. Strong, uh, being able to generate that much power and move that that much weight that quickly takes a heroic amount of strength. Strength, and he is twenty. He is twenty years old, and he's he, like he is younger in his uh, twenty twentieth year than uh, Jedrick Wills was for the Browns. Jedrick Wills was drafted at twenty and basically almost immediately turned twenty one. Penny Sewell won't be 21 until October 9th. Um, so he is extremely young and extremely gifted. Uh, so a- as much as I understand why Jamar Chase is a very tantalizing prospect, I think if the Bengals could get uh, Sewell and then come back and get like a Bateman or a Terrace, Terrace Marshall at the top of the second round, uh, they'd be hailed as heroes where you could take you know, granted, the other option would be taking like Chase and maybe coming back and get a Creed Humphrey or Ben Cleveland or somebody like that. Fine. I, I just think you're going to get more talent overall uh, with Penny Sewell. Look, um, <laughs> you invested the farm in Joe Burrow. Everything about this franchise comes down to Joe Burrow. 
no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It comes down to Joe Burrow. Um, and for anybody, and this is where Penny Sewell started to get knocked a little bit on measurements. Um, Browns fans, um, go do the math. Go look up some numbers. Go look at what Joe Thomas's arm length was. Go look at what Penny Sewell's arm length is. And keep in mind, as Pete said, he's 20. He's just a pup. He would have probably three to four NFL starts under his belt. There's no questions. He's a great player. If the one thing you want to say is I'm a little concerned because he didn't play this season, can't fault it, can't knock it. And where they'll be drafting again in round two is a fantastic wide receiver sweet spot. Um, Don't want to see him take Penny Sewell, but, you know, the football people and both of us say if you don't do it, you're just dumb. Pete, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, gonna run it back, um, where, you know, basically the car looked real good, looked real good. Then the tires fell apart, transmission fell out, the engine overheated, and you got a debacle whitewashing at home in the playoffs to the Cleveland Browns. I don't think there's one player, so I'm not that nervous about it. I don't think one player that Pittsburgh can select that can rectify what went wrong towards the end of last season. But who's the guy? Who's the worrisome? And I tell you, it makes me laugh that I see a lot of mock drafts giving the Pittsburgh Steelers a running back in the first round because, yeah, that was the issue. Uh, I I think Tevin Jenkins is the guy I don't want to see in Pittsburgh. Um, He is a ill-mannered, glass-eating uh, angry man who just but he's also wrote. a nerd but he's got that nerd look to him so he's like the kind of guy like you like you know he says don't poke you you poke him and the next thing you know he broke your neck and it left you in three pieces he reminds me of uh he, i don't know he he's just he fits what they want to be he fits like that that characteristic like of the that team they signed uh coward uh, Rashawn Coward, who played for uh, the Bears at right tackle. And I think if they can get him, Tevin Jenkins at left tackle and put him at right tackle, um, they're going to get back to being who they have wanted to be. It's going to help them strengthen, run, run the ball. I I love Joseph Asai from Texas. Um, and if you watch the Oklahoma State game against Texas, you know, there are times where, where Osai is great. There are also times where – um, Tevin Jenkins is sending him down the field like a tumbleweed uh, and just running down the field and knocking him down again. He he just has this very nasty mean streak. The biggest issue with Tevin Jenkins, because he tested really well, um, is just that he's 23. Um, he, that's that's it. But for the Steelers, that's not a near, necessarily a – be all end all because they think they're an established team anyway. So the fact that he might be a little bit older isn't the worst thing in the world. Well, I mean, them. that's it. I mean, it's like, that's the issue. Like, you know, they, they can't all be Penny Sewell and last year had a bunch of 20 and 21 year olds. Um, so, you know, you're, you're getting a player that knows what, what he does well. And he really excels at that. Um, I think that's the kid that I, I don't – I'm not worried about them getting a skill guy. Um, I'm more worried about them getting a guy that can help them transition 
for life after Ben Roethlisberger because if they do find a quarterback um, or or a running back even this year or later, he helps them become more viable in that aspect of the game. I, I, the Steelers are not going to be good. I, I just, I'm sorry, I just don't see it. But I, but he's the type of player that I think puts them heading back in the right direction. Steelers reek of a team that's about to be six and ten. That's my personal feeling. I don't think anything they can do through this draft is going to change that. Um, seven should have gone. They should have urged number seven to go. Uh, and again, watching that playoff game in the end and him sitting on the sidelines and shedding some tears seemed like for all intents and purposes, it was over. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that should have been the direction that they went with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Again, trying to figure out the passing game. I don't think they know exactly what works at the wide receiver position with Lamar Jackson. They've had tremendous success the last two seasons without knowing that. Um, the running game, you know, you bring, you know, Mark Ingram, they got a nice little run with him. J.K. Dobbins in. You know, Mark Ingram has moved on. Pete, I have a feeling the name you're going to give here is a name you maybe already mentioned. And I believe it's something you mentioned in a previous episode about somebody you possibly don't want to see in the purple and black. Well, uh, I'm going to disappoint you. The answer for me is Javon Holland. I don't want to see him in a Ravens uniform. Uh, Safety from Oregon. Um, The Ravens defense is predicated on their secondary. Um, Everything they do is based on the fact that their secondary is really good in coverage. And that was illustrated by their game against the Browns last year when the Browns scored 42 early in the game. The Browns receivers could not create sec- separation at all. It wasn't until uh, they, they started doing things like stretching out Kareem Hunt and having him isolated on a defender that they were able to sort of open things up. And when they can cover you, that allows them to send the house. Um, and that's what Wink, Wink Martindale likes to do is to cover everybody down the field and then blitz. The problem is that when they lost Earl Thomas, they lost sort of their – you know, that ball hawk guy who can take uh, create create turnovers and make plays and sort of punish you. Javon Holland played two seasons at Oregon. He opted out this past year, and he had nine picks in two seasons as a freshman and sophomore. He just has unbelievable ball skills. He uh, he tracks the ball really well, even when, you know, he, he uh, is the defender – his coverage skills are, are good. He He's very inconsistent. There are times where he looks like he's lost and it's a mess, but then there are times where he mirrors her out perfectly and will just undercut it and, and take interception. And he's a guy who's dangerous with the ball in his hands. So he's the guy that to me sort of lets the Ravens get back to being what they, they want to be. Um, in fact, the, the second guy that sort of came to mind for me with the Ravens would be taking somebody like Ben Cleveland, the guard, I don't think he'll go that early, but still, um, that offense succeeds is predicated on the fact that they're bigger and stronger than the teams they play against. And this last year, they lost that when they lost Marshall Yonda. Um, they obviously brought in Kevin Zeitler to sort of help with that. Um, they, you know, have have a question at center right now. Um, you know, Bradley Bozeman, may, maybe he goes to center and they get somebody like Ben Cleveland to play that other guard spot. Um, but I think that is is sort of what 
they want to become uh, obviously, you know, the, the tackle situation is still unresolved. We don't know what's going to happen there, but that's the other possibility. I mean, if they get a first round pick in, in trade, you know, one of those is probably going to be an offensive lineman. So Javon Holland, it, you know, he's probably not going to be a first round pick, although I don't rule that out entirely, but he's just a guy that sort of fits what the Ravens do and, and, and becomes a pain in the ass. Uh, I would say for Osai, I don't want to see him on any team in the AFC North other than the Browns. Um, <laughs> I think he he's potentially a nightmare for everybody. So there's not one team that sort of jumps out at me. But certainly Osai with the Ravens would be problematic to me. Um, I, you know, I, I'm having a tough time basically figuring out who's going to be, you know, the number one edge rusher for me for the Browns in this class. Um, it, you know, Quiddy Pay has a hell of an argument. Uh, the only thing I don't like about Quiddy Pay is he's relatively short. Um, but Osai didn't do agility. Otherwise, he has everything uh, in terms of production and athletic skills. His explosion is incredible. Quiddy Pay, you know, he didn't test agility at Pro Day because he pulled up with something. But I've seen it um, when he was heavier, running like a six-six something three cone, which is just ridiculous. So there's a ton of physical talent there. So those are the two guys that sort of like are, are battling it out for the top spot. Um, unless, you know, with it, with when I, when I don't have, you know, the information necessary when it comes to Jalen Phillips. Uh, but yeah, Javon, Javon uh, Holland is a guy that terrifies me in a Raven two form. And, and that, you know, and that's, Trevon Morig is the other one that I, I certainly would not want to see with the Ravens, but yep. for some reason it, it's because of that sort of Ed Reed-ish sort of quality. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's going to be Ed Reed, but it's just the, the fact that their corners aren't really ba- – in, in the same way the Browns aren't really either. They're not there for takeaways. It's the safeties that are going to do that damage. And Holland is a guy that if they're blitzing guys – um, that he can sort of punish you underneath and uh, undercut passes and those types of things. Uh, so penciling in, folks, uh, Javon Highland will most likely end up a Baltimore Raven. Um, like I said, we'll revisit this again closer, you know, to the draft. Uh, you know, once we get the final you know, rounds of these pro days in, get a little closer. Boards start to get a little bit more, uh, you know, concrete, so to speak. We got some listener questions to get to. I appreciate you all for sending them on over. A uh, little bit more coming in a minute. The Improved Bill Bar is even more deliciouser. Six, eight, uh, 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream bar, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15. 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Mr. Smith, Zayvon Collins. I, I I don't know how, and I just want to, 
climb up a mountain and shout it from the roof, rooftop. The Browns are piecemealing the linebacker position. If you can play run and you're good at it, that's great. If you can't cover, that's fine. If you can cover, but you're not so great versus the run, that's fine. We're going to take four to five guys. We don't need one three-down guy. We're not going to pay heavily. We're not going to pay a first-round pick. We're not going to pay $10 million. We are going to piecemeal the linebacker position because ideally we think we're going to be a good team. We're going to play a lot of nickel and dime. And for God's sakes, our defensive coordinator has screamed this since the day he got here. You signed a big money safety. You have Grant Elpit. You have Ronnie Harrison. Those three guys, nobody's going to be here to watch the stinking game. Enough. I don't need the name. I don't need the pro days. I don't need the stinking testing numbers. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And especially a linebacker who's six foot four, 260. Because he's all of a sudden, Pete, now going to get smaller? Um. So you covered for the philosophical angle of this from the organizational view. Um, I have a couple different looks at this. One, the simplest one for me is, and I don't care, this applies to anyone that the Browns might draft at 26 or wherever they pick. Um, how does this pick, whoever it is, help the Browns beat the Bills or the Chiefs, the two teams that were in the AFC Championship last year? I would argue that Zayvon Collins does nothing. Um, it doesn't mean he's not a good player. It just means to me he does not help them in that matchup. Um, he's not somebody I want covering anything. Uh, and owning the line of scrimmage is certainly valuable, but it didn't matter because neither of those teams were handing the ball off. Um, my other problem with Collins, I'd rather take Javin, Jamin Davis at linebacker if I had that choice. Um uh, J- Jamin Davis, um, raw in that he barely covered anything in Kentucky, but he is an artist at playing run defense. He's smaller, and he tested freaking incredibly well at Pro Day. Like He tested basically like a corner uh, in terms of just his raw expl- – like he, just freakish strength and power um, in his legs in terms of his, his jumps. I don't think he did uh, agility – but I think Jamin Davis is a better linebacker prospect and makes more sense for the Browns if you're insisting on taking linebacker there. But overall, it's the same deal. If it doesn't help you beat the teams that you're likely looking at to get to the Super Bowl, then I don't see the point. And, you know, you look at the team that sort of stands out as the other end of the spectrum. So if the Bills and the Chiefs are sort of this – spread four four weapons or receivers of the bills it's receivers for the chiefs they you know they use tight end uh who's like a receiver as one of their options um you know more coverage obviously is going to be beneficial in that but if you take the opposite end of the spectrum which is the tennessee titans they didn't lose they they didn't get beat up by the running game um they actually took out uh they they took out uh, the the running game in that in in, in Der- Derrick Henry had like sixty yards and he's really a non factor uh, and most of his runs came later in the game um, 
when it was already sort of the Browns were already way out in front. And they were sort of playing more of a prevent look. So even though you're sitting there looking at like, you know, the the, the Titans are, or potentially the Ravens as these big threatening running teams, uh, you know, the Ravens, you're better off with more speed based on sort of the history of who's really stopped that team well. Um, the Chargers were obviously famously doing it with basically no linebackers, all DBs. Um, and the Bills had some success. And some will point to the, you know, the linebackers there, fine. But they had corners that could take out receivers and, you know, allow their safeties to sort of um, play up and and keep their eye on Lamar Jackson, keep things contained. So even then, I think you're better off being able to get coverage options that give you more speed and be able to send more assets up front. It's not until you get to potential NFC teams, like obviously the Buccaneers stand out, where you're sitting there going, they run the ball more. The AFC, for the most part, has sort of taken on this sort of Big 12 SEC sort of approach with offense way more spread out. The quarterback has the ball in their hands way more. Um, and you, that's who you have to beat. So, uh, you know, from, from, for that standpoint, it's not a knock on Collins as a talent. I think he's, he's extremely talented. I just think he's sort of in some ways he was born in the wrong year um, in 19, you know, 92. He's, he, he's not only a, a first round pick, he's going way higher. Um, but I just don't know if he does enough to warrant the pick. And and the, one more time, save for guys wearing number 51, um, the Browns linebackers were not bad last year. They got a lot out of those guys. Their uh, plan worked. It worked better than they anticipated. Smart people will not run something off the, fl- off the flagpole, have it work work even better than they thought it would, and then all of a sudden say, you want to know what? I need to get a first-round pick, a linebacker in here, or I need to pay somebody $10 million. No, you re-sign Malcolm Smith, you sign Walker to a cheap deal, and you say, all right, we're going to roll on. If it ain't broke, we're not going to fix it. It's, ugh, I can't. Yeah, and and uh, along with that, you sort of already have sort of four guys with sort of um, relatively forged uh, roles. Anthony Walker is going to be the leader of the room. He's a true Mike and a run stopper. He's B.J. Goodson, part two. Well, he more or less. I think he's a little bit more to the run stopping extreme and less in coverage. But you know, I'm hoping he has a good year like B.J. Goodson had last year. Malcolm Smith, he's there to cover. Uh, Sione Takitaki, he's been a sandbacker. I'm hoping he can take another step forward into becoming a more well-rounded linebacker this year. But he's another guy who's really well-suited to stop the run. So if you have to get a full-on run-stopping package, you put Walker and Takitaki out there. Then you uh, you have sort of the mystery guy, which is Jacob Phillips, who's sort of this joker. Jacob Phillips, if you put him into this class this year, he would be very, very well rated, uh, very highly rated, uh, and he'll be 22 this year. Um, I think he's 
you know, he, he went where he should last year. I think he'd be much uh, early, qu- quicker hook. I think, you know, after, after you get past uh, uh, Micah Parsons, uh, Zayvon Collins and, and Jamin Davis, whatever order they go in, you have Bolton who, who may drop because he tested pretty poorly and it's sort of like in a vacuum there. And I think if Jacob Phillips was in this draft, this would be sort of the area he would go in. They already have him. And unfortunately, you know, the injuries sort of sapped his year last year, but now he becomes sort of this guy who maybe can do a little bit of everything. Maybe he's more of a, he's a specialist to sort of find his role. And then the guy, the other, the fourth guy who has a, a well entrenched role is Mac Wilson. He's the guy who sucks. And that's his job, and he's very good at it. Look, it, it, it's it, this is pointless discussions at this point. It, it's it's wasted. And the other thing is, if those three linebackers are available at twenty six, then the Browns probably going to trade because that means edge is gone, corners have gone, and there's no reason to stay at twenty six. But smart, educated people put all their mind into a decision. And then it works out in their favor like they thought it was. You don't go flipping the script. It's just not the way it works. He is Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. Check out everything on Browns Digest on sportsillustrated.com, si.com. Uh, Pete and his team busting his butt. Obviously, Pete and Sean Stevenson uh, putting a, have a podcast going through si.com, so make sure you're checking that out as well. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, throw a follow over there. DMs are open. Questions, ideas. You guys know you can reach me over there. Uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Whether it is iTunes, whether it is Spotify, whether it is the old, new, brand new Odyssey, make sure you're following Lockdown Browns. Leave those ratings. Leave those reviews. Appreciate you all. So much for all of that. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go browse.